Welcome to my personal library. My name is Theodore Monk, and this is my colleague, Eddie. Uh, I forgot to ask his last name, and now I feel foolish. Uh, my name is... Um, we are doing... <laughs> my name is... <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're off to a great start for the Podcast Minds Pod Jam. Hi, everyone. My name is Eddie Feely. Uh, I am... I I guess I'm on Twitter. I, I'm kind of a writer who hasn't... I, I could theoretically be called a podcast journalist... But I haven't written anything related to podcasts in maybe a year. But, um, yeah, I'm here now. What is going on, gang? Excellent. And, yeah, like I said, I'm Theodore Monk. I'm not actually a professor. I fooled you all. Uh, instead, I am someone who's uh, been in the podcast and actual play scene uh, for the last few years, sort of dipping in and out, and also is a writer and uh, narrative designer for hire, if you need me for your purposes. But today, those aren't the purposes we're fulfilling. Instead, uh, it's the spooky season, right, Eddie? Yeah, it's pretty spooky. I'm looking out my window right now, and uh, it is dark. So that's usually when spooky things happen. And I'm looking out my window, and it's literally in the middle of a thunderstorm. So uh, I'm feeling very spooked out, potentially with record losing my podcast recording. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, what we're going to uh, discuss today, what we've got for the pod jam this month, is we are, we're going to talk about a literary classic. Uh, everyone is, everyone's familiar with it, started a craze, it's gone on to the modern day making people horny, and that is Bram Stoker's Dracula. And importantly, we're also going to discuss a rather contentious topic of adaptation. Right, Eddie? Uh, yeah. Um, uh, Dracula has been adapted into modern, until a lot of forms over the years, musicals, movies, uh, good TV shows, bad TV shows, and uh, an official sequel approved by the Stoker estate that is basically the love never dies of Dracula. Yo, I didn't know about that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because listen, listen, full disclosure, preparing for this podcast, I, I like shotgunned the audiobook. At like one and a half times the speed just throughout the week. And while doing that, just looked up random shit about Dracula. And in, in 2009, long after Dracula entered the public <laughs> domain, they made a whole ass sequel called Dracula the Unhyphen Dead that was like co written with Bri uh, Bram Stoker's great grandnephew, I think. And I read the plot description and Holy shit, it sounds awful. Okay, okay, I guess. we're, we're kind of getting into our, like, experiences as Dracula now. Uh, no, that's fair, sorry, uh, it's yeah, very, uh, very smooth outline. Oh, yeah, like, th th we're, like, diving right into this uh, outline. Uh, mine is actually, like, even more specific than that, and touching onto actual play stuff and whatnot. Uh, there is this uh, actual play game called uh, Knights Black Agents, where they have a full book version of dracula written out as if it's an after mission report from uh john Ooh. harper from from jonathan harker uh 
local sad boy in the book Dracula. Um, if he was like a secret agent trying to recruit Dracula for his thing. And like there are a lot all these like annotations from like other agents throughout the eras who have also like tried to recruit Dracula. And it's like all this trivia diving into stuff into the books and like that coming out in your modern day mission as spies fighting vampires. So naturally my GM was like, hey guys, we have a bit of a rotating system where it's one game system for you guys to have fun and one game system for me to have fun. Read this fucking <laughs> book. Here's a whole ass book. Make your own notes and figure it out. Oh my god. Wait, so he had you make notes off of Dracula the book? Uh, off of a, like a pre-annotated version where there were like annotations being like, Hi, I'm a spy who looked into this thing. What happened to okay. Lucy's hairpin? <laughs> That's fair, yeah. What did happen to Lucy's hairpin? That is what we'll answer today. Um, no, uh, <laughs> no, my my experiences with Dracula, I didn't really have many growing up because I've never been that much of like a spooky monster fucker boy. Uh, I've always respected it, just never it was never my scene when I was when I was a young lad. Uh, I first read like the book. I would say like a few years ago, just because I found like a cheap. You know how it is. You find like a cheap flea market copies of like a. Of, like, a famous historical book. And you're like, oh, I should own a copy of that. Uh, <laughs> uh, and eventually I read it. And I was like, okay, whatever. It's Dracula. Now what I... I remember I tried reading it one time. And got to the wall everyone does. Which is right away the fact that it does not seem like a Dracula book. Oh, yeah, the no. Fact that, like, it starts <laughs> as this really boring-ass travelogue of Jonathan Harker talking about all these weird people he's meeting. Who keep fucking, like, having seizures and shitting themselves at the idea of him going to the castle. But it's fine, because dinner last night was bomb. Yeah, uh, um. <laughs> to, give, to give people a bit of an idea who, like... I, I think everyone's very aware of Dracula, but I don't think a lot of people are aware of, like, the format of Dracula. A Dracula's format, yeah. like, it's kind of like a found document series of book, like, a book full of, like, of things, like, Jonathan Harker's journal, doctor notes, all that jazz, and, like, people writing about things after it happened. Yeah, it's an, epi it's an epistolary novel, is, I think, the, uh, the, the, the fancy folk term, because uh, it's all letters and diary entries and stuff like that. I didn't know that was a um, word for it, but uh, it, it apparently is. Yeah. So, you know, everyone, you're learning something. I'm learning something. And isn't that what this podcast jam is all about? Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, but I did have some broad exposure to Dracula because, uh, you know, I would say my first real media exposure was, like everyone else, I watched the shit out of Helsing Abridged <laughs> back in the day, uh, <laughs> where... Uh, like everyone else, I discovered, wait a minute, Alucard is Dracula backwards? Uh, and had my mind freaked. Um, quick sidebar, there's actually this really funny thing, because uh, uh, other stuff I read, uh, since like I mentioned, I do a lot of writing, I try to do some amount of reading. Uh, there is a book series by an author, V.E. Schwab, uh, called the Shades of Magic series. A character shows up who is named Alucard... And he is not a vampire. That would be a, an amazing prank to pull on someone who lives in a world full of vampires. I, I, it's like that yeah. world's version of A Boy Named Sue. <laughs> it's a, it was a little bit like I, I got to that point because it's like three books. And he shows up early in the second book. And I saw his name was Alucard. And I'm like, oh, shit. And I was like, I was prepared for some twist about this character related to the fact that his name was Dracula backwards. Turns out, V.E. Schwab just never noticed. <laughs> she just heard that name one time and thought it sounded cool. Played the entirety um. of Castlevania, thought Alucard was hot, and just didn't like, oh, wait a minute, what? <laughs> 
the, the, the perils of familial lineage and the passing down of sin amongst generations over your head. Wow, cool vampire. How <laughs> <laughs> do you know Alucard is Dracula backwards? Wow, cool vampire. <laughs> Oh, we need to like make that little fucking like release <laughs> the release image, the promotional image. I, I, I know. Wow, well, cool vampire! Like that's not like based on what we're doing on this. Uh, that is a good podcast name. <laughs> that, that that can't be what we're doing here because this is an ongoing series about adaptation, of course. Oh, oh yeah, that's right. We forgot to actually introduce what we're calling this. So uh, our little our fun little episode this week, where we're calling it for the jam, is Storybook Unlimited colon. Dracula. So make sure it's correct in your notes. Um, <laughs> yeah, that way you can um, differentiate from the other ones. Exactly. Yeah, we don't want any confusion here. Colons are the cool new thing. Uh, but yeah, so I watched Helsinger Bridge like everyone else now as a teenager, and I guess I thought that was just kind of, like I didn't give a shit how accurate it was. I just knew, and I hadn't even seen like original Helsing. Uh, I had just watched Helsinger Bridge. Did you watch that when you were younger? Uh, I did. Yeah, I. Uh, I well. Helsing a Bridge is interesting because, like, it came out, like, each episode, like, eventually, like, episodes would come out, like, years between each other. So, there... So, yeah, I did wind up watching the entire thing. I think, like, anywhere between um, high school and college, depending on, like, when it all got released and when I, like, became aware of it. Yeah. No, no, that's what I was going to say is I do remember specifically that was the thing was that... Uh, for the first several episodes, it was an annual Halloween special. Because I remember I was like in early high school. Uh, must have been, I think it must have been after 2010 because that was when I moved to Chattanooga and met like all my current friends. Uh, and that was like one of the things we like were we were on the fucking lookout every Halloween because we were we were a bunch of edgy teenage boys and we thought it was funny. Yeah, um, it, it definitely shows <laughs> being an annual release and a parody because there are some heavy references in that. I believe there was a Hamilton cover in one of them. <laughs> oh yeah, it is it is hysterical how especially those first several episodes because eventually they did just start doing it like just to wrap it up because I think they realized yeah. that this was going to be a pain in the ass to do for like twelve years. Um, so they did kind of end up doing like three episodes in very short order to wrap it up. Uh, yeah, it is, it is really funny how the whole thing ends up being like this kind of time, this internet comedy time capsule, uh, for both good and bad. Uh, like the fucking first joke in the first episode is making fun of Twilight. That is how far back these were. (laughs) Uh, like, cause you remember that, right? The first thing is him shooting to death Edward. Oh God, I remember that. (laughs) Yeah, there's a real fucking vampire. <laughs> okay, I, I, I feel um, like we are both like on this roller coaster going down the podcast minds. We're not noticing the turns we're supposed to be making. I think we're supposed to talk about the actual plot of Dracula, which I I, I genuinely don't. Given everything I like, all of our experience around Dracula, you all may have, may have noticed, even in maybe your own life, is that none of it actually really involves the plot of Dracula. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like no one no one ever actually remembers what happened hilariously including the dude I mentioned earlier who wrote the one official sequel <laughs> because it gets like a lot of shit from the original book extremely wrong. All right. It's very funny. Uh cuz it's yeah, cuz it's it's like we we already kind of dove into it a little bit. It starts as a really boring travel log. Yeah, uh 
just to like give some words for people like get in there. Uh, Johnson Harker, he's like a solicitor who are like people who check out houses. Um, he gets an appointment to go to Castle Dracula. I'm, I'm just like looking at the Wikipedia page and being like, okay, I'm gonna dumb this down a little bit because this one's trying to get into the details. Like this is written for people who are in school who like don't want to read the book. Yeah, <laughs> yeah pretty much. So I, I'm like double um. dumbing it down. Uh, so Dracula. So John Harker, he goes to like this creepy castle, although he doesn't realize it's creepy because he's a little dense. He's just in it for the food. A little bit. And he, well, well, he's doing he's doing his job. He's got he's got to be a good solicitor. Yeah. He, he's writing letters. He loves his wife. Um, and um, he's going there and he meets Count Dracula, who is this old creepy guy who has all of the like, we know he's a vampire and he's not hiding the fact that he's a vampire. But it's kind of like that zombie thing where Johnson Harker doesn't know he's Johnson Harker. Yeah, it's he, he exists in a world without Dracula. So like all these people are freaking out, like handing him crucifixes. And he know and like he realizes he can't see Count Dracula in his hand mirror. And he's just like, huh, that's fucking weird. Anyway, that pat chicken paprikash I had today. Oh, like, you know, that's <laughs> so good. Like yeah. <laughs> he lives in a world without Dracula. He doesn't realize all of the signs that we would like, fuck, if we were in 10 miles of any one of the things he runs into, we would turn the hell around and go home. So we realize we're in Dracula. <laughs> yeah, I think like like in modern horror, like a lot of the you have to stay in the house for one night and it's like a creepy night. I think a lot of that comes back to Dracula, where Jonathan Harker has to stay in ca- Castle Dracula with Dracula and be basically attacked by his uh, little army of vampire women. Well, armies of strong word. There are three of them, which is another yeah. thing that com- doesn't come out a lot. Yeah, because uh, no, it's, it's not even necessarily that Dracula has him has him attacked by those uh, by the vampire lesbians. Um, it's that he specifically tells Jonathan Harker. Oh, this is one of the dumbest things Harker does. He tells Jonathan Harker, hey, like you got the run of the castle because at first Dracula is trying to pretend he's pretending to be nice. <laughs> he's trying to just be like this really chill dude because part of the reason he has Dracula stay there uh, that the novel explains is that he wants to basically lose his Transylvanian accent. <laughs> he wants to be able to speak fluent. That's not a bit. That's basically the entire reason he has Jonathan Harker actually show up and stay there. He doesn't want people to look at him like a foreigner. Um, and he tells Harker like, Hey, fall asleep only in your room. Don't fall asleep anywhere else. And Harker, that dumb piece of shit one night is chilling in the library. And he's like, Hey, yo, this couch is super comfortable. I'm going to take a nap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the lesbians like nearly fucking tear his throat out before Dracula rolls up and is like, hey, 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 no, no. He stays alive until I leave, and at that point, do what you fucking will with him. <laughs> but you leave him alive. And Harker the next day is like, I guess that was a dream. I guess that wasn't real. <laughs> Listen, we've all played uh, Resident Evil 8. <laughs> <laughs> oh, actually, I have Neither have I. <laughs> I'm lying for content. I like how you say we all have, and neither of the people recording this podcast have. I listen to video game podcasts. I know the context. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, so it's like, yeah, that's that's where it starts. Is Harker the the first part essentially stops and Dracula leaves, and he's like set it up just basically for Jonathan to drop off the map. Like he sets up fake letters to go out, so it looks like Jonathan basically like gets killed while traveling. Uh, and Jack and but then Jonathan like makes his escape and then that's when we're first introduced to literally the entire rest of the cast. Honestly, uh, uh, to talk about other adaptations, uh, there is this uh, audio drama called Murray Mysteries that adapts Dracula Ooh. into a uh, modern day uh, podcast thing. And 
the first season is actually like after this jump where it starts with a uh, uh, our the character me right now Mina Murray uh, which actually and the way they sort of like structure it is like the second season starts with Jonathan Harker and his no good very bad time at a castle. <laughs> God. <laughs> because it's kind of, they I don't mean, bring in Dracula until the end of the first season. Huh. Okay. It's pretty good. <laughs> huh. Interesting. All right. I'll have, to, I'll have to remember that. Uh, yeah, I do want to, before we leave Jonathan Harker behind entirely, I do want to take the brief aside that I am team, why does Jonathan Harker keep getting a bad rap? Because, <laughs> like, every other, every other fucking, like, follow-up or adaptation of Dracula wants to ship Dracula and Mina, and so they just turn Jonathan Harker into, like, the biggest douchebag. Even the shitty sequel I mentioned does this. Because oh it's God. from the perspective... Because it's from the perspective of their son, uh, who we'll get to later. Because um, this is... What I'm about to say is not a fucking exaggeration or, like, simplification. The son wants to be an actor, and Jonathan Harker is the disapproving dad who insists he become a lawyer. <laughs> horror or is it just like that like a lot of people do adapt adapt dracula into being like a romance sometimes and that's basically what dracula the undead does but we can we can get to that once we finish the plot of existing dracula but yeah basically fuck the jonathan harker disrespect this man underwent a really bad time and then followed up by becoming a stone cold badass who spoilers helps kill dracula uh, but anyway, so now we're introduced to Mina Murray and again, literally the rest of the fucking cast, basically. And, and, and in now like we're one sort of letter. we're sort of like cold dropped into a Victorian romance novel. <laughs> a little bit, yeah, because like it, the first two letters introduce Mina, then they introduce Lucy Westernra, who's L- Mina's best friend, and then Lucy talks about how three separate dudes on like the same day showed up. Asked her to marry them, and she wanted to say yes to all of them to the point that she does, like, have an aside wishing she could invent polyamory. (laughs) Uh, And those three dudes form the most of the rest of the cast after the two women. There's only one missing who we'll get to. No animosity between these three men, by the way. (laughs) These three dudes are the utmost chads, because, like, they're sad. The two that get rejected are sad at getting rejected, but the one of them who is, like, an American cowboy that's... Yeah, Quincy Morris is my favorite character in this book. There's a cowboy in this book for no reason. Yeah, well, extremely fun fact, uh, the audiobook I was listening to... uh, did the thing where like all the different sections, depending on whose perspective it is, have a different actor like reading the part, and the woman who does uh Lucy the or rather the women because I think it's two different actresses. The women who do Lucy and Mina's parts do the accent for Quincy Morris, despite otherwise reading as you know British, you know just reading Mina, Journal of Mina Harker, you know de- whatever date it is. And then they'll suddenly get to Quincy Morris is like, I do love you, you beautiful woman. <laughs> like you know, just like they just drop their voice to and do the fucking Texas accent. And it's really funny every time. Uh, <laughs> but uh, one of the, yeah, so you to act- name the other two guys. Uh, one is uh, Dr. John Stewart. Uh, he's a doctor. Seward. 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 I no want to yeah. like my brain is putting a T in there. <laughs> Job, get, get rid of the C word. I'll leave when I'm good and ready. Um, <laughs> and uh, Arthur Ar- uh, Homewood. Godalming, I think. Uh, oh, is it Homewood? I, Homewood? I think they say like Lord Godalming. He's the boring uh, one. It doesn't really maybe... matter. <laughs> yeah, Arthur is the one who Lucy chooses and is fucking wrong. <laughs> 
<laughs> she chooses the lamest one of the three. Listen, I'm a Quincy stan. Uh, also, but Dr. Seward, like, he's a doctor, you know? Like, there have to be better doctors in this story. I mean, yeah, and Seward is a cool dude. Like, Seward's a cool dude on his own. He's half of the perspective in the book, essentially. Yeah. Like, once Harker drops off the map, the rest of it is, except for brief intermissions from, like, some of the others, is basically Mina and Dr. Seward. Uh, but yeah, so like she chooses the wrong dude, but whatever, you know, she's a grown woman allowed to make her own mistakes. Uh, but then, you know, shit starts getting funky, right? Yeah, uh, from our, they're a little sneaky about it, but Dracula, uh, Mima, our boy Dracula, the Count, uh, he takes a ship to England with boxes full of dirt. And in that dirt, yeah. like a bunch of dirt, like his land dirt, so he can move overseas. <laughs> his land dirt. His, his comfort dirt. <laughs> His support dirt. dirt. <laughs> this is my emotional support dirt. <laughs> Happy implications. Uh, later in the book, it's full of people, I believe. Uh, so I think what it is in the book is it's basically like a found footage horror film told by journal. Yeah. Because he like one by one kills off everyone on the boat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He just and there's no like I I don't think there's like a reason for him to do this beyond like i'm dracula i'm just gonna make these people on the boat have a bad time <laughs> a little bit like i remember reading someone who posited like through some dumb bullshit that it might have been like the first mate on the boat killing everyone off and dracula just happened to be there which i don't know if that makes more sense or less sense <laughs> that dracula happened to board the one ship in like the entire fucking ocean that happens to have a homicidal first mate who successfully stealth kills everyone on the boat honestly that is kind <laughs> of a great movie premise <laughs> yeah dracula's like what the fuck it wasn't me this time God. I would kill you all, but like I, it, it wasn't me this time. I wouldn't do this thing. Why do why do you always you assume because I'm vampire? I was just feeling That's racist. I yeah. was just feeling silly, and I wanted a quick little midnight snack. It's it's a it's trolling, bro. Don't get so angry. It's a prank, bro. What is up, guys? It's Dracula TV. I don't show up on the TV. That's another thing about me. <laughs> about that like the fucking vampire streamer <laughs> they're just like yeah t-shirt and the headphones floating there <laughs> does the clothing float there god fuck that that is a question isn't it uh, yeah but um. dracula kind of uh, milks this entire boat and uh then he starts stalking lucy uh, <laughs> yeah and it's and it's from the perspective of mina and occasionally from lucy because they're basically like having a vacation yeah. they're basically just like getting away for a little while yeah and he he, like, kind of, like, uses his vampire magic on her, which basically amounts to her getting, like, very sick. Yeah, like, so they basically just think she's got this random illness, and then, like, she keeps improving, but then keeps getting worse. And this is also when uh, Bram Stoker introduces the worst character in the book, who is somehow not Dracula, which is Lucy's mom. Uh, because it, and it's, and in fairness, it's not entirely the fault of Lucy's mom, but her role in the plot is that she is so, like, on the verge of death. She's had, like, whatever. Oh, she's got the vapors um, where she cannot, they describe it, she cannot sustain too strong of a shock. If she gets, like, some really bad news, that would, like, give her a heart attack and she'd die. So they cannot let her know what's happening with Lucy at any point in the proceedings. 
But then she keeps doing shit that puts Lucy in danger because she doesn't realize what's going on. Yeah, and like specifically <laughs> to the detriment of the one person in this story who knows they are in a vampire story. <laughs> yeah, because it's after this shit starts happening that we finally get introduced to the last like two critical members of the cast, the Renfield, who is the Renfield, and Dr. Abraham Von Helsing. Yeah, who who knows he's in a vampire story and is like, dog, I this girl has vampires. Uh, there are vampires on her. Cover her in garlic. Yeah, it's really funny because Dr. Von Helsing is like the sort of dude who in universe is like a fucking mega genius. He has like six different doctorates. Uh, and like is is a polyglot and everything, and yeah, he like lectures Doctor Seward on like you are you are too smart that you do you reject anything even if it's like you think it's a little bit impossible based on your preconceptions. Anyway, vampires exist. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, he's, you're right. He's the only one who knows what the that's that's something else someone has pointed out. It's incredibly wild the sh like the incredibly small bacon number between Dracula and the one guy in the world who knows how to kill Dracula. <laughs> the guy Dracula gets for a solicitor happens to be engaged to the best friend of a woman who knows the one guy who can kill Dracula. <laughs> also, correct me if I'm wrong, they never explain this. They never explain how he knows about vampires, right? Oh yeah, he just knows. He's just like, he reads shit. Basically, <laughs> that's the entire explanation, is that he's smart and he reads books and believes in, and really believes in Jesus Christ. Because uh, that's a lot of the book is, I mean, like, it, you know, it's easy to make fun of it, but it's like a lot of the book is them going like, you know, oh, the Holy Lord and Savior will push us through this. Listen, Let us pray. Listen, you the know, book like, came out in like the 1800s. It's Jesus. We can assume Jesus is watching over it. <laughs> yeah, it's not like a proselytizing book. There's just a lot of like them talking about how God will see them through. It oh, yeah. Not. Like uh, more than average book of the time. <laughs> <laughs> uh and yeah, so Lucy keeps getting worse and then keeps getting better before her mom fucks it up, including her last act in this living world is to fuck Lucy over one more time because she like it's literally Lucy's on the final verge of death. She's had like multiple blood transfusions, but she's on the mend. They've got garlic all around the room, including a garlic necklace on Lucy's neck. And then her mom shows up and she's like, it's cold. Let me sleep in your bed tonight. And then like. A bat crashes against the window and the mom wakes up and freaks out about the bat so hard that for some reason she tears the garlic off Lucy's neck. <laughs> and dies. And has a heart attack and fucking dies. <laughs> you know, if you're gonna go out, you might as well make an impact on the plot. I guess, yeah. So, yeah, Bram Stoker just speedruns killing Lucy Westernraw and turning her into a vampire. At which point... Van Helsing finally like explains to all the others what's what's up and has to show them the proof that Lucy is a vampire and then they have to like put Lucy down. Yeah, they they they, they go to her grave. They do the uh, open the casket, stab the heart with the stake, cut the head off, all that jazz. Yeah, it's whew, fucked up. Um, <laughs> and it's it's a little weird how quickly they just get used to I guess we're like saving her immortal soul do 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 because at first of course they're like how could you say this Dr. Van Helsing this is madness we will not do this to lose my beautiful Lucy and then like when they're finally convinced it's like a switch flips and they're like alright yeah I guess I'll fucking put a stake in her heart <laughs> boom <laughs> the moral of the story is when three guys agree on something they just go bros bros let's all go <laughs> 
<laughs> Girls at sleepovers, boys at sleepovers. <laughs> um, but yeah, so they take out Lucy, but now at this point, Dracula is in England, and it starts feeding on Mina, uh, and manages to like start the process to turn Mina into a vampire, uh, at which point they're finally like, you know what? Fuck it. We ride. <laughs> they start planning their attempts to kill Dracula, which includes, I'm not sure if your synopsis you're reading uh, mentions this detail, includes hypnotizing Mina because now hypnosis is also real. <laughs> You know, might as well. Like, I, I feel like Van Helsing, like, in a different version of this book, or a modern adaptation, Van Helsing's, like, the MCU, uh, the MCU, like, Nick Fury. Like, I, he's having, like, I know a doctor that can help. Or is he a mister? Hyde? I, I just reinvent oh the age of the extraordinary gentleman. <laughs> That's right. I've never actually read that, but I remember my brother had a copy, and there was one page that has, like, the sex scene between Lord Quartermain and Mina Murray. So I did fucking like I was like twelve, like twelve or eleven, and did have to look at that page. Yeah, it's like oh my god, sex. Listen, listen, gang. Uh, this is an anti Eddie recommendation. I tried reading the first few books, and uh, they don't age very well. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll let your recommendation stand there because I cannot comment either way. I just remember, yeah, being a fucking horny preteen yeah. needing to see what sex looked like. Um, but. Yeah, so, yeah, they literally, somehow, I, maybe I, like, blinked and missed the actual explanation. They just somehow figure out at sunrise and sunset that Mina, by virtue of being, like, sired by Dracula, uh, can just, like, basically share his senses and, like, keeps, like, so they figure out he's on a boat and probably going home. Um, I don't remember this from the book. I do remember from the RPG I played (laughs) Yeah, it's it's it just comes out of nowhere, and that just becomes how they start informing on Dracula. Uh, and anyway, they go after his ass, they track him down, and they they just straight up gank his ass. And Mina is saved. Quincy Morris dies. Sorry, everyone. Yeah, uh, yeah, Reese's pieces. Yeah, they go to Transylvania. They put the knock on him. Oh well. Yeah, they. <laughs> yeah, they they literally. You know what's funny? The book does put lie to the thing that it has to be a stake because the way they kill him is by stabbing him in the chest with a fucking Bowie knife. <laughs> yeah, Quincy Morris and Harker get like the fucking duo kill on Dracula by tearing open his coffin. It's it's actually kind of it would be a really cool scene to be uh, adapted, which will hey, we'll be getting to that in just a couple minutes. Um because it is like race against the clock. The sun is like about to finish setting and they like fought through like all of his, uh, all the people transporting, uh, Dracula and they just tear off the coffin and yeah, they single like at the same time, cut off his head and stab him in the chest with their knives. I just always think of like a, a core Dracula memory for me isn't even from Dracula. It's from Rocco's modern life in this like scene where he's like <laughs> watching like movie trailers and there's this one that's clearly Dracula and like the guys are like looming over the coffin and they open it up and it's just a skeleton with the stake in it. And someone's like, ah, Dracula's already dead. Do you, you want to get pizza? <laughs> yeah, all right. <laughs> <laughs> I think my core Dracula memory is just the Castlevania series because even though that Dracula is not even a little bit accurate, it's also the best Dracula. Yeah, look, I <laughs> I was a bit of a uh, I I wasn't the brightest kid in the bowl, but the Castlevania games were a little too <laughs> complex for me. I actually preferred uh, simpler, easier games to play. Uh, speaking of which, Oof, yeah, because yeah, uh, 
Yeah, I guess I guess we've, we've described the plots. So now we can get into it. And uh, we, we mentioned going in for Storybook Unlimited, we wanted to discuss the problem of adaptation because as we were talking about with our experiences, there's a lot of different Dracula adaptations. It's a kind of hard book to adapt well, it seems, because you either have to change everything or you like, or I guess you just change everything because that's what everyone does. Or you want to pick, or like you, a lot of people have used Dracula to tell stories that they want to tell. Sometimes they want to tell horror stories. Sometimes they want to tell romances. Sometimes they take huge liberties. Yes. And so, um, we're, I'm, I'm going to ask a question and it's ostensibly at Eddie, but we've talked about this. There is a world outside this podcast and we know the answer is yes, but, uh, Eddie, do you know what the Sonic Storybook series is? You know, I think I do, but I don't know if our listeners do. <laughs> yep. So, uh, hey, everyone. The Sonic Storybook series. Do y'all remember the Wii? <laughs> do do I? y'all remember the Wii and its motion <laughs> controls? Uh, before we get, let, let's focus on the first word of that set, of that uh, story. Um, what, what are your experiences with Sonic uh, the Hedgehog, I believe? Yeah, well, thankfully, it didn't start with the Sonic Storybook series. <laughs> uh, so mine started basically when I was a kid. Uh, the very first exposure was just the fact we had, like, a shitty Windows PC, and we had, like, the Sega Game Pack CD that, like, had, like, all the different old Sega games you could play, and one of them was, like, the Sonic the Hedgehog games. Uh, and so I'd play that a few times, did sometimes, like, the versus mode with my brothers on the on Sonic 2 or 3 or whichever uh, one time I nearly managed to beat my eight years older than me brother on one of like the modes. And then I died at the last second and got thrown all the way back. And I was so angry. I ran screaming out of the room. Um, from there, I, w- uh, I did play Sonic Riders and gave myself a calloused palm from having to do the fucking like thumbstick rotation on the zip lines. Uh, I did stop playing YMCA soccer because one season to sign up before like signing up and paying fees or whatever, my dad was like, "Hey, you can either get Sonic 2006 or you can get or you can play soccer again." And I said, "I want Sonic 2006," Ooh. and they sealed my fate. Uh, I didn't play a lot of different Sonic games after that time, understandably, <laughs> but I can't. But I still stay mostly aware of like all the different stuff. At one point, I had physical copies of Satan, like the Sonic the Hedgehog. Saturday morning cartoon from back in the day, and I watched Sonic X. I, like a true Sonic fan, know the series finale of Sonic X features Tails shooting the woman he loves in the face with Super Sonic and Super Shadow. Uh, and then just leading into today, it's like, yeah, I'm basically familiar with most of the games. I've been reading uh, the, even if I haven't played them, I like know of them and what happens. I've been reading the IDW comics, which kick ass. Uh, and yeah, I, I really, I'm a, I am the resident Sonic nerd in tandem with my good friend Isaiah in like our red, in our, uh, different friend groups. So what about you? What is your Sonic the Hedgehog, uh, oeuvre, okay. body of work, whatever you prefer? Okay. This is going to start in a weird place. Um, so my dad, uh, immigrated here from Ireland. So he has like a lot of like my direct like relative family is in Ireland. And when I was like five or six, for one Christmas, he was going to go over there to uh, spend time with his family for Christmas. Uh, he couldn't bring the kids or anything. My mom was okay with that. Like, it, it was a problem there, but he still felt guilty. So what he did was he bought us a GameCube. And hmm. um, the games in it included Super Monkey Ball uh, and uh, Sonic Adventure 2 Battle. And quite frankly, it Ooh. was all downhill from there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's you know what that's fair oh uh, uh, yeah like like every time like 
you can like six degrees of Kevin Bacon, all of my personal creative outlook and like opinion on things back to like some of the baseline memories of a uh, Sonic Adventure 2 battle, not in like certain ways, but like in other ways. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So I've always had like, because I've always had such like a strong nostalgia factor towards the 3D Sonic games. I've played just about, I think like I started falling off around, um, uh, Sonic 06, mainly because I didn't have like a generate that generation of consoles um, when those games originally came out. But I did watch all of the cutscenes on YouTube. That was around the time where I was like, I don't have the technology here, but I do have the internet. So I got really into like watching Sonic cutscenes and YouTube to keep up with the plots and whatnot. Um, <laughs> I would say like my most recent Sonic <laughs> exposure is um... okay. Uh, so. Uh, I got engaged in April, and some of you, Ooh. if our listeners at home, uh, might listen to uh, another podcast called My Brother, My Brother and Me. Uh, oh. There is, at the beginning of one episode, uh, they uh, ask, they get a listener question that is, hey, I'm proposing to my girlfriend on Friday. The Sonic the Hedgehog movie comes out on Saturday, and we have plans to go see it. It, would it be a terrible idea for me to propose the day before we see Sonic the Hedgehog 2 and have Sonic this and you? Knuckles battle fully wrapped into our engagement? That was me. <laughs> I remember that question. <laughs> Holy shit. Oh, my God. Uh, we, That's... we wound up seeing the movie a few weeks later, but. <laughs> oh, my God. That was you. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, it's not Sonic related. What's funny is that means we have two hosts on here who've had a uh, My Brother, My Brother and Me question read on the show. (laughs) (laughs) But but yours is way cooler. Holy shit. (laughs) That's really good. Um, (laughs) And I do have to slightly amend my uh, my history of Sonic as well, because you managed to activate two core memories that I that I had just buried and now are getting fucking dredged up. Uh is that one, I remember also playing Sonic Adventure back in the day, but not because I had the console, but because in, like, second and third grade, uh, I had a best friend who had the GameCube. Uh, and so when I went to his house, we, like, played through the opening section, like, every single time I showed up. Uh, so, of course, City Escape just fucking blew my little mind. Oh, yeah, I think Sonic the Hedgehog is, like, a great, like, your best friend has it series. Yeah. Uh, the other thing, I had fucking buried this memory... Do you remember the Sonic recolor craze on YouTube of making, like, your own fan series with Sonic recolors? Uh, I don't know. Oh, maybe this was even smaller than I imagined because I was part of that (laughs) fucking movement. (laughs) Yeah, back in... uh, This has to be pre-2010. I can date it roughly because 2010 was when I moved from Franklin to Chattanooga. None of this came with me to Chattanooga. This shit stayed buried. Uh, This shit remained in the worst part of Tennessee. Um, (laughs) But, uh... Uh, yeah, there was this thing on YouTube of people who were big Sonic the Hedgehog fans. You would basically, like, there were websites that had frames of Sonic X and different Sonic X episodes and all the characters. And you would just take those frames and you would recolor them to make your OC and, like, tell a story (laughs) using your original characters. And I made one called Sonic Omega, which... 
I say that sometimes hoping one of these days, like I'll mention on a recording and someone will fucking launch up out of their seat, go, what? I watch Sonic Omega. <laughs> um, and I'll know I have left an impact on this world. Uh, but yeah, it was what was, you know, what's the most embarrassing part of it. I had for no reason. I don't remember most of the story. I remember one of my characters uh, was fucking Terracle the Hedgehog or something. He was this orange piece of shit um, with no personality, but he was my original character and he was so- like Sonic, so that was cool. Um, and he had a secret identity as uh, with this like suit of armor that I quote, as I described it to a friend of the time, that I based off of the new Goblin outfit in Spider-Man 3. Oh God! That fucking Harry Osborn was. I didn't think Sonic. I didn't think Spider-Man Three was good, but I thought that armor and like the fucking hoverboard was rad as hell. Got like the circle of like that generation of Sonic and decisions made in Spider-Man Three is almost a circle. <laughs> a little bit. Just, a, just a, just a wee bit. I'm gonna show. Um, put up the poster of Spider-Man looking at that reflection of himself in the Venom suit. And Sonic and Shadow back to back, and that's the same picture. <laughs> you're, 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 you're right, but you shouldn't say it. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, God, I was I was a Sonic dweeb for a while. Then oh, I literally oh, the final fucking embarrassing nail in the coffin because this was like fifth grade. I did print out my OCs, cut them out, and put them on my binder. Ah, uh, yikes. Yeah, uh, yeah. There's a lot that should stay buried. <laughs> uh, speaking of, uh, what I I do actually have like specific history like with the Sonic Storybook series, uh, with yeah. Sonic and the Secret Rings. I wasn't. I I liked the game enough. It was very much like if you were a Wii owner, you understood that you had to take like you had to take some hits when it came to adaptations to video games. And I was like a big Wii stan, and um, yeah. Like, uh, uh, I have the Wikipedia page up for Sonic and Secret Rings right now uh, to give you all a peek behind the curtain, which I'm only saying this because there is some wild shit on here. <laughs> um, yeah, but before we get into personal experience, you want to give the quick rundown of what it actually is? Okay, the Sonic and the the Sonic Storybook series is two games, uh, Sonic and the Secret Rings and Sonic and the Black Knight. So, you know, a series. And yeah. <laughs> uh, they're essentially like Sega's attempt to port Sonic with a new gameplay style onto the Wii because it was in that era when Sega was like, we're going to do anything except classic Sonic. And um, it basically is kind of a runner where Sonic is automatically running forward and you tilt him back and forth to like run on the track and like do jumps and whatnot with the Wii, which we all Nintendo Wii motion control. That's the future. Yep. <laughs> and these stories. Still using it today. <laughs> in these uh, games, Sonic would get... Uh, uh, like transported to these worlds based on classic stories. So in Sonic and Secret Rings, it's Sonic being transported into the world, a world based on Arabian Nights. And in Sonic and the Black Knight, it's Sonic being transported into a world based on the Arthurian legends. And sometimes he even runs into uh, characters from those stories that resemble uh, some of Sonic's many friends. Yep, that's gonna be an, <laughs> that's gonna be a very important factor in our upcoming discussion. <laughs> and and what's what's really funny is he basically just never accepts this every time he runs in ex- until like a point in Sonic and the Black Knight. Anytime he runs into one of these characters, he is he's always like, "Hey, Knuckles, it's you. What are you doing here?" And it has to be re-explained to him 
No, this is just, he looks like your friend, Sonic, please. We can't keep doing this. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, 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 what about your experience with these games? Basically nil. That's why like, I let you handle oh, it. Perfect. Uh, because my Because ex- I knew what happened in them like broadly, but it wasn't until like the last few days I just, I shot, uh, in addition to shotgunning the audiobook for Dracula, I just shotgunned like all of the cutscenes from those games. Because uh, there's only like a few hours worth. Um, yeah, like listen, and yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know how important the plot of those. Like, we've we've all played shitty Sonic games. We know when a shitty Sonic plot is happening. <laughs> yeah, we've all played a Sonic game, uh, <laughs> and we actually all have this time. <laughs> yeah, in this case, um, God, actually, you know what's funny? The last Sonic game, like actual game, I played is the last one I think that properly came out, which was Sonic Forces back in like 2017. God, I did play that too. I think I banged it out in like. It's a very short game and like it's like four hours long. And I think I banged it out like a night during COVID when I was still living at home. Like I, I beat that game and then my family had a uh, in-house beer crawl. Ooh. Yeah, we got very messy. <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah, I know I played it while I was at uh, UA. So I was like and I was still in college. Uh, so couldn't have been later than 2019. I want to say it was 2018 or 2017 whenever the game actually came out. Because I literally, like, set up in my... Because uh, I was in an honors org that, like, had its own dormitor- dormitory. So I literally just set up in the drawing room with my Xbox and started playing it. And, yeah, I'm not sure if I finished it that night. But same, I finished it, like, fairly quickly. It was very short. Yeah, I got, uh, I en- I got it for free <laughs> through uh, PlayStation Plus. <laughs> nice. Whereas I, I was the fool who paid full money for it. Um <laughs> And I didn't hate it, actually. I, I, I'm not mad at Sonic Forces. Uh, I did kind of find it funny how it was trying to, like, act like... How much it was, without any effort, catering to the You're now Sonic's best friend type of, like, part of the story. <laughs> that, like, he's suddenly best friends with your player character. Uh, but your player character never speaks or expresses, like, any <laughs> thoughts or emotions. So it's, like, really weird ba- seeing Sonic talk to it as basically a furry mannequin and be like, Whoa, it's so cool. You're so cool. Come on, together we'll beat Infinite. Yeah, uh, honestly, <laughs> um, I-, I-, I did just copy from, like, Donkey of recreating Sonic in the character creator. <laughs> That's extremely funny. I-, I took the character creator, like, seriously insofar as trying to make a character design I liked. Uh, God, Sonic Forces was a fucking weird game, uh, which I guess you could say is true of most Sonic games. But was uh, it uh, <laughs> reviewed so badly that in 2010, uh, Sega delisted it from retailers because of its sub-average Metacritic scores? Like what happened to the Sonic Storybook series? <laughs> oh, I didn't realize that part. That's really funny. Oh, my God. <laughs> they were delisted. Oh. That is actually hysterical. Which is also <laughs> wild, because Sonic and the Secret Rings was apparently a failed port of Sonic 06. Wait, what? Yeah, like, that's like the second paragraph on the Wikipedia page. It was an aborted attempt to port that game. Which is weird, because critically, it's better. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> that, I did not know that part of the story. Oh, man. Uh, one last thing before we get into uh, the next part of this, uh, I I am on the se- I I have actually been looking a lot of Secret Rings right now. We've been uh, sort of leaving Black Knight. Uh, we haven't really been supporting Black Knight here. Which <laughs> Black Knight? <laughs> Make sure to support the Black Knight on Patreon. Black Knight, I think, was critically <laughs> worse received than uh, Sonic uh, in Seven Rings, but it does have Sonic holding a whole ass sword, so I think that's worth something. 
Yeah, I mean, f for real. <laughs> and, and it actually manages to have a bit of a plot twist with an actually kind of interesting motivation. Uh, because the first in the first one, it has uh, Shara, who's like this cool, hot genie, who's like Sonic's friend, like guide through the, the stories of the oh, Arabian yeah. in, Nights. In both and of then, these games, Sonic gets hot anime girlfriends. Yeah, uh, but in the second one, it's Merlina, who is like there instead of Merlin. And about two-thirds of the way through the story, it turns out, actually, she's the villain because she has seen the future of the fall of Camelot and wants to make it last forever, which, that's actually an issue of Sandman with Baghdad. <laughs> so, that's... <laughs> so, they managed to take, like, this actual, like, serious-ass story and accidentally reverse-engineer it into a Sonic the Hedgehog game. Uh, something, something about monkeys writing typewriters and, uh... Every now and again, a monkey rewrites a Sonic story. <laughs> a little bit, yeah, because it's like, yeah, there's I, there's an issue of Sandman where the whole thing is like the king of the like mythical Baghdad being like, I know one day it will be gone, so please, Mister Sandman, take my city in a jar. Give me a dream. Uh, I'm simplifying it. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 a good story. I'm I'm being I'm shit posting on it, but it's a good issue. But yeah, I thought it was funny, like watching the cutscenes and her motivation is like, I have seen the fall of our great kingdom. I would not have it go so easily, or whatever the fuck. And I'm like. Hey, wait a minute. <laughs> I've seen this. <laughs> and hilariously, it's in the wrong game. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, God. Uh, so that is, we got the hot anime girlfriends and we got Sonic's friends showing up as characters in, uh, in Tales of the Arabian Nights and King Arthur. And now we are here 12 years later to resurrect so the Sonic storybook series with Sonic and the what are we gonna call this game? Fucking top off the top of your head before we proceed at all with any gameplay decisions. The Sega executives are staring us down. What are we gonna call? What are we gonna pitch this game's title? Sonic and the Vampire Count. See, I was gonna go with Sonic and the Brides of Dracula. Um, hmm. It depends hmm. if we want to make them the main character. Sonic. Can we can we make a Sonic title with the phrase "blood in it"? Maybe, because I think, because we've got to remember, so far we've got is Sonic and the blank. I mean, I'm Sonic not sure and Vampire the Blood Count. of the Count could be interesting. Hmm. Sonic and the Blood of Christ. Uh, <laughs> 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 I mean, we'll have to get to that portion in a second, because I have thought about <laughs> how much God and Jesus is in, is in Dracula. Um, I, uh, <laughs> and now I'm picturing with my earlier thing of, like, we're huddled away from the Sega executives fighting over the name. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I tell so, so, uh, how about like so, uh, we can't do Sonic in the Darkest Night because we already have Night as one of the words in the in the series. Uh, um, God, mm. <laughs> what are we? We just go. We what do we go with like a like a Castlevania ass fucking name? Son <laughs> Sonic in the Requiem of the Legacy of Re Sonic in the Requiem of Legacy. Sonic and the Coda of Darkness. I'm just going to look at the uh, Dracula page right now and uh, just uh, 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 name pick words here. Oh, uh, actually, you do that. I'm going to suggest so we can you know, we don't spend like 90 minutes arguing about what the title should be. One of us selects one of the words. The other independently selects the other word. And whatever we land with is of X of the Y. That's just what we have. Do you want the X or do you want the Y? Uh, I will take the uh, the first one. <laughs> and I will take, so it'll be, you'll pick the, like, Sonic and the, whatever word you pick, uh, 
And uh, you're, so you're picking the mo- wait, no, hold up. Sorry. You're picking the adjective, I'm picking the noun. <laughs> okay. Cuz it's secret rings then black knight. That's the format. It is a is an adjective and a noun. So you want the adjective? Um I'll take the noun. <laughs> all right, so you take the noun, I'll take the adjective. Uh all right, do you have a word in mind? Have I, you selected a word I, I from do, the yes. Wikipedia page? All right, let me think of my adjective. Uh, uh <laughs> Okay, I have two, but I'm going to just go with one and hope for the best. All right. All right, on the, on the count of three, we'll say our words. One. One. Two. two three. Three. Castle. Bloody. The bloody castle. Sonic and the bloody castle. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, now we're banned in the UK. <laughs> <laughs> don't rename it, it's fine. The UK always does yeah, weird well, names. <laughs> what the fuck? They called it Sonic and the Fucking Castle. What the shit? <laughs> yeah, Sonic and the Bloody Castle. That's our Sonic game now. Okay, to be um, clear. Also, I just want to put something on the table right now. 12 years later, still on the Wii. <laughs> you know what? Yes, it is not a Sonic. It's not a Sonic storybook game. We don't have dumpster grade motion controls. Of course, that is, that is what makes it. It's like the saffron in a paella. You need the motion controls, or I mean, it's not a Sonic game. If we're following the pattern, like they seem to be, they between uh, Secret Rings of Black Knight, it was a decrease in quality. So we got to continue that decrease in quality. <laughs> it's even worse. Oh no. <laughs> We like we see one of the developers like typing too quick and we're like, hey champ, slow it down a little bit. What's that? All your semicolons are in the right place? Let me fix that. Alright, keep going. You know, like <laughs> oh, let me put a typo in there. Um <laughs> Okay, so immediately we gotta figure out the cute anime girlfriend. Is it Mina Harker or is it someone else? I, I think title characters have to be uh Sonic Friends. So Mina Harker would have to be like one of Sonic's friends. Uh, we'll get to that in a bit. I think, but I do think that. Uh, well, I, well, I I do want to point out to you that's not necessarily true. There are exceptions because there is uh because there is King Solomon in Secret Rings, which that's fucking wild that the biblical King Solomon is in Sonic and the Secret <laughs> Rings, and uh and Merlina, even though she's not one of the like actual named characters, thing she is just a person. She's basically the Merlin. Uh, so there is some room for not replacing the characters. Although I, I think like a, the one we have the most wiggle room with, I think it's one of the three vampire women in the castle, who's just hmm. like stuff's gotten weird in the castle, Sonic. You got to help me and my friends. Dracula is just all alone with this guy. <laughs> oh my god! Are, is Sonic gonna work for Dracula by accident to start this game? Oh yeah, of oh, course. What? Like that's our twist. Huh. Maybe. Let me think about like I'm like listen, I'm actually not mad at this. I'm trying to think of how long we could carry it out because we talked about how fucking creepy Count Dracula is. I can't imagine Sonic has the fuck is a Saturday morning cartoon hero. I think he would look at Dracula once and be like, wait a minute. This is no good. I think what we do is dumb down Dracula. Like, uh he's not gonna be as creepy in the books. We're gonna like he's essentially we're, we're basically going to be copying and pasting the Black Knight portrayal in Sonic and the Black Knight. Just like this uh, un, this no personality kind of figure in the background of people like, oh, that guy's bad. See, actually, I might... Mm, I'm not fully sure about dumbing down Dracula because I do... I've got a couple of reasons for that. 
Because one, I think the Brides of Dracula would make a very natural like boss progression. Oh yeah, so, like each like so. I think they do have to be at least at least like maybe there's a fourth one we introduce and she's like trying to be good or or here's but, a nar- that that's also very good like introducing a character that has no business being there is very sonic in this era <laughs> oh actually we could do a double twist we name her fucking camilla and we make it seem like she's gonna be a twist villain and like we keep like having fucking scenes where it looks like she's about to portray like betray sonic and then like gets to the point where it looks like it's gonna be a betrayal and she's like what the fuck? You thought I was going to betray you? What the fuck? I've been helping you the whole time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think you got in one like because of course they're going to name the character Camilla because that's a famous vampire name. It's Antisonic's vampire girl buddy. Yeah. <laughs> I think. Fuck it. Like maybe we even just take that from like. Actually, I guess we have to address how much do we try to justify Sonic being there? Because in Sonic and the Secret Rings, sh- like, Shara shows up out of the book and she's like, come into the stories and help me. Whereas oh, yeah, he gets summoned. He just... <laughs> okay. Because <laughs> in Black Knight, he just literally gets yoinked out of bed, essentially. Yeah. Like, like There's no time explaining it. He just shows up. Yeah, Black Knight got it right. <laughs> uh, like, uh, Camilla in our story is like, oh, no, I need to... There's some plot happening, like, my, my vampire friends are in danger, and Dracula's pulling out some bad nonsense. Ooh, I'm gonna do my vampire magic and summon a guy to help me. <laughs> and then Sonic shows up, he's eating a chili dog, and he's like, uh-oh, I got this one a little too garlicky. <laughs> I didn't know he's like, want some? And she's like, oh, sure. <laughs> was the garlic in there? Uh, I was actually, it was funny, because I was, uh, the other night, because it was on the mind because of us recording this uh for so my partner and i are long distance so to try and like have a little fun on date nights we just try to like theme it to like what we're gonna watch uh and do like very like very basic sort of cosplay sort of stuff and last saturday was vampire themed so we watched uh the disney channel original movie my mom's got a date with a vampire (laughs) and uh and it did make me realize how fucking hard it would be to be a vampire and unable to eat garlic in the modern day. Yeah, garlic's that everywhere. Shit, yeah, that shit is in, like, a little bit of every recipe, essentially. Oh, yeah. Like, you could go get ramen, and you will still get garlic in there. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I think... I think I th- I think Sonic is just summoned into the castle. I think I, this was actually an idea I had. I want to put, I want to posit that the castle is like a hub area and like different levels are unlocked by like finding ways to unlock doors around the place. And because of course, that was, of course it's still in that like backtrack 3d trail view, but you have to like tilt the remote to like control Sonic around it. So he like turns fully. Yeah, no, we're not going to make it easy to navigate. I'm just saying it's going to be that. Yeah, this is but like you're gonna the hub. <laughs> Yeah, so you like to go to other levels, you would, like unlock doors and vampire magic like teleports you where you need to go. Oh um, yeah. The, I think we could even like contrive some stupid bullshit of like Count Dracula has cu- has cursed this castle that none in its walls may leave. Unfortunately, I know how to make my teleportation magic do bullshit. Uh and so it's because the reason I was thinking about it is because that is a way we can try to try to maintain some connection to the book is that uh, Har- Jonathan Harker is basically locked in Dracula's castle, and Dracula's like, you can go where you please, so long as the door is unlocked. So oh, that yeah. could just be the progression mechanic and how we have bonus levels uh, and other shit is, like, trying to unlock these doors. I think inexplicably, um, for some reason, all of the book characters here are locked in Dracula's castle. Like, inexplicably, for, for no reason, but... 
Oh no, I I don't. I'm not sure I agree with that. I think it can be that so that at least they're all in London and like Sonic meets them, but then has to like keep refinding them by teleporting back. Yeah. Uh, I think Camilla is the only one in the castle, but then Dracula eventually comes back, and that's when we have like the final boss battle, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Getting ahead of myself. Um, one detail we have to iron out. Because in every one of these games, there's like some, all two of them, there is some unique power Sonic gets. We've already had, we've already... <laughs> I've just outlined it. In Sonic and the Secret Rings, because it's not as obvious, he has a ring that like sets his heart on fire or something. Basically, he like, the fire in his heart is like something the bad guy does to like force a time limit. Like you'll die if you don't get the MacGuffins, uh, which he then uses to like, like, he has like a time break power and something else too. Oh yeah. Uh... Because it's like Sands of Time, almost. And in uh, Black Knight, he has a sword. Yeah, in Black Knight, he has a sword. That's <laughs> the entire thing he has. That is the entirety of his special powers. Okay. Uh, I'm going to put the so, obvious thing on the table right now. Does Sonic become a vampire? That's what exactly what I was going to ask. Because we've had him be a werewolf, or I guess a werehog. Which is the wrong way to make that a phrase, because were means man. So a werehog <laughs> isn't half wolf, half hedgehog. A werehog is half hedgehog, half man. And we got that with the original renders for the Sonic movie. <laughs> um, <laughs> but we, we've had him be a werewolf, so this is a good question. we got to decide. We've got to look into our hearts. In Sonic and the Bloody Castle, does he become a vampire? I would argue he should at least... Actually, I, here's here's what I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna put this in front of you. I'm gonna put this on the plate in front of you. You taste it and tell me how what you think of it. We instead of like the thing with Mina slowly turning into a vampire, it's Sonic slowly turning into a vampire. Oh, and yeah. so like as you unlock powers over the course of the game, it's him like getting more powerful from the vampirism, but he's getting closer to like the point of no return. You're right. And then the final battle is him fully embracing the vampire side and getting so close to the edge. That's his like obscure final transformation in this game like it's full vampire sonic yeah fucking count like count sonicula <laughs> yeah like and and that's like the hard like imagine the crush 40 song that's playing during that final boss sequence where sonic's going full vampire and like he fully believes like this is him going past the brick to save the day and then like at the, and then at the end he uh like transforms back exactly he he fucking willpowers himself into like resisting dracula's thrall and that's uh just the big ass final battle now i did put some thought to the music because you're right whatever crush 40 track would be written with like fucking uh like operatic vocals and a pipe organ and like crazy shit like that would be rad but as a potential counterpoint with my thoughts recently obsessed with uh the sonic theme for the upcoming sonic frontiers which have you heard about what happened with that i haven't no okay so it's not crush 40 because the last couple they've like because i'm sure you've noticed it was true of sonic forces as well uh they haven't done just the reliable crush 40 stuff they've gotten like other artists in oh, or yeah, like I other songs that. like they've been yeah. like moving away from crush 40 yeah so the one for sonic frontiers is a song called Vandalize by one okay rock who i actually was listening to before uh, the front, like the frontiers thing, the trailer came out and like they announced that would be the song. Uh, so I know they're good. I like them. And it's, I'm, I'm still not clear enough if they wrote the song for Sonic Frontiers or if they were already doing the album. And like, I don't know, know enough about the behind the scenes in the music business to know which order would have likely come first. But what I do know is in the game, the lyric is fight the pain away. My head is in ruins. That's not the lyric of the original song. The lyric of the original song is fuck the pain away. My bed is in ruins. <laughs> <laughs> and this is the theme for Sonic Frontiers. 
So they just dropped a whole... And keep in mind, this is not the translation. This is not the Jap... Like, it's in Japanese for this, and, like, this is what you get in English. No, they just sing, Fuck the pain away, my bed is in ruins! Like... <laughs> I am so uh, looking forward to the AMVs. <laughs> yeah, but look up Vandalize. It's very good. Um, but, uh... But, yeah, so I'm gonna just posit a complete Hail Mary passive an idea... We give little Nas X a blank check, lock him in a room for 48 hours, and see what he does when we tell him to make the theme for the Sonic the Hedgehog Dracula game. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> a fucking... Because one, it would probably make a bunch of random Sonic the Hedgehog dipshits really mad for no reason. And also, holy god, can you picture that? <laughs> Imagine little Nas X writing the fucking like final boss theme of the Sonic the Hedgehog Dracula game. Yeah, just like going right into it. <laughs> yeah, I think and you know what? Because he is like fuck, he's like slightly younger. He's slightly younger than both of us, I think. I think he would get the vibe. Yeah, like I think he would know exactly what the vibe of a Sonic this theme is. This is someone is. who like it has nerdy experience and has clearly like gotten like like, like you can smell like the same kind of culture, the same kind of like influence in like the stuff he puts out. <laughs> that, like he, he used frames from SpongeBob when storyboarding of uh, the Montero music video. Yeah, <laughs> Sonic's fingerprints so he, are in everything. Exactly. See, I would, I would say if like maybe Crush Forty, but I also want to entertain the option that we give Little Nas X a blank check, I think lock him in a room gave, for forty eight hours, and just let him work. I think if we gave Little Nas X a blank check, he would bring in Crush Forty for like. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! You're right. We've been had. We've been bad. Oh my God! Now he's bought the company. Now he's making the Sonic track. Now he's voicing Sonic. <laughs> <laughs> like, he would know, like, I know exactly, this is going to be the Billy Ray Cyrus of this song. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so that is, so that is, that is the, roughly the theme song in the, in the broad story is, yeah, like, somehow we, in the opening cutscene, we have, like, the hopeless boss battle, uh, and Sonic gets, like, so we are going to have to violate the canon of the original novel, because contrary to what is now the common belief, uh, in, like, vampire fiction, uh, Dracula does not turn people by biting them. He turns them by basically making them drink his blood, uh, which in the book they ruin the tension of by make, by comparing it to making a kitten drink from a source, saucer of milk. Uh, so we're not going to have that because I cannot imagine how we like make Sonic <laughs> put his lips to a grown man's chest and drink his blood. But is um, it less <laughs> weird having a grown man bite Sonic the Hedgehog's neck? I'm sure we could find so like <laughs> we'll, hand, we'll hand wave it away probably. I think I think maybe it gets bitten while it's a bat while Dracula is a bat. Yeah. That's probably like the one way we could pull it off. Yeah, of is Dracula like turns into a bat and like <laughs> basically does a drive by biting on Sonic. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. Uh, and that's when like uh, Camilla shows up and is like, "Oh no, he has bitten you. That means you will turn into a vampire." Also, uh, if anyone's it, wondering what this fan creation Camilla we've created looks like, um, look up the two characters from uh, Sonic and the Secret Rings and Sonic and the Black Knight. They look identical. This character, exact same kind of character design. Uh, yeah, it's just it basically, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you got, it, you're right. <laughs> but in this case, she's got to be in like a fancy vampire dress. That's like, yeah. that's the one piece of, uh, that's the one piece of character design that changed. It's like the <laughs> Disney princesses, all with the same round, like just fucking co like copy, copy and pasted face. Change the fashion, bada bing, bada boom. You've got your character. Also, um, just to quickly throw in the lazy gameplay design, this changes co in course to course. Uh, when you go vampire mode. 
when you tilt that Wii remote up, Sonic flies up. <laughs> it's you know what exactly, and like the powers he gets, just we keep ramping those up. Like, what would be like the first power you think he gets? Like the most basic vampire power. Um, I, I honestly think that it might be uh, turning into a bat. Okay, yeah, and I think that's like I think the way we tutorialize that is there's like, whoa, how am I gonna get through that? It's like turn into a bat, do it now. Okay, Ooh, and he like fl like flies through a grate as a bat, and we have like a cool, needless like cinematic like swoop effect. It's like when Mario him, like, flying first across turns a gap. It's like when Mario first jumps into a frog in Mario Odyssey. <laughs> a little bit like that, yeah. <laughs> um, now we get to the next important part, and you alluded to that, so I'm gonna let you take the reins. Which Sonic characters are which characters in this game? Knuckles is Quincy Morris. <laughs> I was having the exact same goddamn thought. Of I am course. so glad to have a man of culture on this podcast <laughs> because absolutely. He's got the cowboy hat in there. You were bringing back that cowboy hat from that one movie. <laughs> And, and we gotta have Travis Willingham do his best Texan accent. <laughs> yeah. We gotta have him do Knuckles. Because Knuckles is already basically his, like, standard big deep anime voice. Oh, yeah. So all he has to do is add a Texan twang to it. I'm Doug Dimodome, owner of the Nindale Dimodome. <laughs> uh, so yeah, you are dead-ass right. I do actually have a bit of a controversial idea, and I want you to come with me on this idea, because you might push back on it at first. I think I, mm, Dr. No I think hit me. Professor Abraham Van Helsing is Dr. Eggman. See, I I respect that idea, and I think we might uh I actually do fuck, I kind of like yeah, that. But let me, I was can, gonna, I, well, can I throw one thing at you that will sell you on this? Can I can I before you sell me, can I at least posit my idea so it's in the record and then you'll sell me, then you'll counter with your with your thing. Okay, yeah. I wanna, I, wanna, I wanna express why I had my hesitation, because I had put thought into who Dr. Eggman would be, because he can't be Dracula. Fuck that. Dracula has to be, like, a cool, crazy design. Uh, I was thinking he'd be the Renfield. Oh, that's also That he would be, like, good. the lackey. Uh, but I am curious, what is gonna? What are you going to do to sell me on Von Helsing? Um, so we make Sonic... We're giving Sonic vampire powers, of course, so he's going to be a vampire. And, like, when Sonic is, like, disguising himself as just a normal hedgehog, and he's like, guys, I don't know about this, this Van Helsing guy. He's clearly Eggman! Um, at one point, there's going to be a boss fight of Dr. Van Helsing fighting Vampire Sonic, and you're controlling Vampire Sonic. And, uh, okay, actually, fuck, you were 100% <laughs> right, because there would never be a boss battle against Renfield, because he's so pathetic. Whereas, yeah, you're right, we would need that fucking, and it would be like his usual Eggman machines, but it'd be like steampunk. Yes, yes, it would yes. Be, <laughs> yeah, it would, instead of being like the super high tech shit, it would just be, yeah, steampunk blimps, like, floating backwards across the arena, like, dropping, like, like, cask barrel bombs on Sonic. <laughs> like, full of holy water and shit. Like, a whole um, level called Van Helsing's Lab that is just, like, going through, like, it's, it's basically, I mean, like, we want to do a, a Dr. Frankenstein level, but we're not going to put Dr. Frankenstein in here. Yeah, I, I think that boss battle has to be, like, uh, like leading up the whole way. I think it has to be that from the beginning, they know Sonic is part vampire, but they understand sort of, like, how Mino was, that he's trying to, like, not be evil, so they're, like, working with him, but Van Helsing is, like, the asshole who doesn't trust him. So that's where, like, the regular Sonic-Eggman rivalry comes from, and eventually, once, like, his powers progress to a certain point, like, maybe, maybe even Sonic, like, snaps at someone, has, like, a flash of evil sort of moment, and Von Helsing is like, you know what? This has gone too far. I know you trust him, but I can't bring myself to work with, uh, with this monster of the <laughs> devil. <laughs> My only issue with that is that this is almost compelling. 
I need you to look at the, the plots of these games, run them through your brain real quick, and just be like, shit, this has to be dumber. <laughs> no, listen, listen, I think we make the gameplay bad, but I think we fucking play this to the hill. Let us not hide our light under a bushel. <laughs> okay. Let's make this compelling as hell. Let's. Well, you know what? I'm actually going to pause it here. The gameplay has to get worse, but because I think this happened a little bit with the games, the storytelling gets better. It becomes an inverse proportional of we make worse and worse <laughs> gameplay, deleting, like, critical code, endless bugs and glitches. We shoot every member of the QA team in the head and leave them out to rot. But the story we put our heart and souls into. We, we want to make a Sonic the Hedgehog game that makes you weep for how good the storytelling is. Did you hear someone get hurt writing the plot of Sonic in the Black Knight? <laughs> like someone Wait, who, like someone who poured their heart into that story. What? Oh, wait, wait, oh, sorry, I may have misunderstood. Are you talking about, like, an actual thing that happened, or are you making another I, funny I, I, I'm, fun I'm, I'm making another funny goof. <laughs> oh, I was really worried. I thought, I was like, did somebody fucking get assaulted during Sonic and the Black Knight? No! Uh, oh, uh, that was awful. <laughs> okay, uh, we, we, we've hit the two interesting characters. Uh, let's knock out a few of the other ones. I think Lucy yeah. is Rouge the Bat. So I disagree. I think Rouge the Bat has to be one of the Brides of Dracula and that sort of ramping up of the boss progression. Because I think two of the Brides of Dracula have to be Blaze and Rouge. Because those are the two, like, recurring bosses of the games anyways. Hmm. Um, and they're two more powerful female characters. I'm not sure if Amy should be. I think Mina or and or Lucy, one of them could be Cream the Rabbit. Ooh. Because she's she's so cute and innocent. And that like, actually, that fucking fits Lucy perfectly. Yeah, I, yeah. Um, and that kind of ties into my thing of Jonathan Harker is our boy Tails. <laughs> Ooh, I was thinking he'd be Dr. Seward, but I'm not mad at that. I, oh, oh, fuck. Oh, mm. oh, then, okay, then I think that would make the most sense with Tails being Harker and Cream being Mina instead of Lucy. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. I think, actually, yeah, I like that. I think that works. And then, and then uh, Amy can be Lucy. Um, which actually, fuck, that would be kind of funny. <laughs> think about it. And then there could be a boss battle against Amy when she's like we threatening can, to turn we, into a vampire. We could just not put Arthur uh, into the story or into the story and just have Sonic fill out that role. No, 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 no. Arthur, Arthur Godalming, Lord Godalming is Big the Cat and I will die on this hill. Oh my God. <laughs> I, you cannot, listen, I will give you Every other concession, every other point you've made and will make, I will allow for. I will die on this fucking hill God, that mm. Arthur has to be big the cat. I, 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 I get that, and I, I think that's that that that's a good one. But like, I, I, I just looked at the three names next to each other, and my brain was struck with inspiration. Like, I know I came into this being like, oh, Quincy's got to be Knuckles Echidna, but I just want to like put this idea on like the shelf here just to understand what we're not doing when we go with the right decision of making uh quincy morris knuckles um the three suitors as the uh detective gang <laughs> yeah i know right <laughs> Okay, in that case, I think we would have to make it uh, Cream's mom, because then that would make it make a little more sense. Maybe. Uh, like, like <laughs> Since she's also a character, because like, Vanilla the Rabbit. That, that is an inspired decision, but we gotta make Quincy Morris uh, Knuckles. Like, that, that, hmm. that is, like, arguably, like, from my soul, the right decision. 
Okay, actually, uh, let me let me twist it so we can at least maintain the basic precept. There are three Lord Goblemings, and they're all the members of Chaotix. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, they're all different Lord Godalming. They're all just called Lord Godalming. <laughs> that what, is what how if, we like, maintain wait, it. Wait, what if... We haven't thought of a Renfield. I think Renfield is kind of like... Uh, diving into Renfield, designing Renfield character can go like... Can be very poorly handled. What if Renfield is a three-man act? Hmm. Hadn't thought of that. I, what I was going to suggest instead is we beat up Ken Penders and use Snively from we, Son- we, Sonic Set. We can't <laughs> uncork that bottle. I think if we uh, if we are in our theoretical Sega boardroom and we bring up that name, we will be um, escorted out. We'll be put in a dungeon. <laughs> yeah. No, that's fair. No, I'm okay. You know what? Fuck it. I think. Actually, you know what? Fuck it. I think that works. Because also, I think that helps with how pathetic Chaotix often is. Yeah. Because, <laughs> yeah, Vector is just and, such a slimy bastard And then you can have a boss sometimes. battle of them clearly being hypnotized by, by Dracula to do his bidding. So, yeah, we got Quincy Morris as Knuckles. We've got Tails as Harker. Cream as Mina. Uh... Amy as Lucy. Uh, can, do we get big as Lord Godalming, or did you? I, I, <laughs> am I going to die uh, on that Big hill? is Art. Yeah, big is Arthur. He is. He is that. Because yeah, that just kills me fucking so hard. Uh, that you, I, do, yeah. do you, we're, we're both Sonic fans of a certain era, and we've been doing a huge disservice to our boy Shadow the Hedgehog. Is he Doctor Seward? He well, The thing is, he'd be Doctor Seward, but at this point, by default. I don't hate it, actually. Yeah, it's you like, know, yeah. No, when I think about it, I think he'd make an interesting Dr. Seward. Uh, <laughs> like, I think it would even be funny for the fact that Dr. Seward is, like, kind of the most, like, calm and level-headed of the main guys. So that is the one that his shadow is, like, really funny to me. He's, like, everyone else is the one getting super hot-blooded and edgy, and meanwhile, he's, like, the voice of reason. Ah, uh, God. Hmm. It, also, it would also work with Eggman being Von Helsing. Yeah. Considering they fucking, that was, like, his debut as them teaming up. Uh... <laughs> I, like just imagine she's like I'm going to call in a colleague of mine my mentor Dr. Von Helsing you know? Eggman <laughs> yeah just burst through the door like yeah bur- immediately burst through the door like super dramatic with an overcoat and top hat and that's when Sonic finds out who it is uh, right. I think it'd be funny if that was the first time Sonic starts to guess which of his friends will be the guy and he just keeps guessing wrong I I, I think we gotta keep Sonic dumb he 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 has to be surprised every time he can't be aware of the game <laughs> you know what that's fair so I think the, yeah, we got two of the three brides. Uh, we got Cam- Camilla. I'm trying to think. I, I'm one, in Google female Sonic. Well, no, 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 I, I have a, I have a potential one because I think it would one be an interesting boss battle dynamic. And also, two, um, I can I just quickly say I googled female Sonic characters and the immediate fill in was X Reader. No. So that so that's just something for for. Your soul that you on. <laughs> yeah, no, and I wish I wasn't. Oh, that gristle is getting stuck in the teeth of my soul. Um, <laughs> no, I was going to suggest, because I think this would form an interesting boss battle dynamic, and I want to canonize these characters in the games. In the IDW run, which is the current run that is, like, synchronous with the canon of the games, no Ken Penders bullshit, uh, there is a pair of characters who I am convinced are lesbians, but so- Sega is too much of a coward to admit that they are, uh, and they are Whisper and Tangle. I love these two idiots Uh, because Tangle is like a happy-go-lucky lemur with like a super stretchy tail, like basically Dr. Not to Dr. Like basically Dr. Fantastic Powers Um, and or Mr. Fantastic, whatever the fuck. I don't care about the Fantastic (laughs) Powers. And Whisper is like a super 
not edgy, but like angsty, like wolf sniper. Um, like her, like she literally just has a sniper rifle that runs on wisps. Uh, I think those two as like the as like a dual boss battle, a tag team boss battle. Uh, I think could be really fun. <laughs> Because then it could be like one of them is like the maneuver, like it's a little bit of an Ornstein and Smo situation where like one is like the big heavy hitter, like in your face. And the other one is like taking you out of range and like more agile. But you claim to love these characters, but then you say, and I'm going to launch them in the re in the comeback of Sonic Storybooks. <laughs> Listen, we got to make sacrifices. We, we got to make sacrifices. You're probably right. My, my so, God, yeah, then, I, I have this up on my big monitor. If my fiance walked in right now with me just having female Sonic characters on the wall right here. God. <laughs> I no, have like, half of these motherfuckers. And, and listen, we've been going long enough. I think we can wrap up with uh, just a few more details. The first one of which, because I think this is a good note to declare, because there's probably been a few people who've been listening to us talk about Dracula and have been wondering if we'll address this, and we will. We're cutting out all the Romani stuff. Oh we yeah, are, no. we are no none of none, none of the G slur, none of the like. Oh, they're weird and you know twisted magic and they're evil and they're like all the thralls of Dracula. No, like it's other miniature vampires. It's vampire elves, whatever the fuck. We're not doing anything with evil Romani. Fuck that. Oh yeah, no. Like I, like a distinctly interesting thing about this series is that despite being set in like these. Real world like settings, there is absolutely no cu- cultural interest that I. They're they're pretty like bland. Like like we all know these are bland games. Yeah. <laughs> and, and the other final detail I want to wrap up is we are gonna have to address that vampires are weak to holy water and crucifixion, which originally I was worried about because I'm like, man, are we really gonna canonize the uh? the death and crucifixion of Jesus Christ in the Sonic storybook. But then I remembered King Solomon shows up in Secret Rings, like the biblical King Solomon, and the second game, Arthurian Legend, is King Arthur and the Round Table were all hilariously Christian. I know what the fourth (laughs) book in this series is gonna be. The Bible. (laughs) Sonic and the Ark of the Covenant. No, Sonic and the Twelve Disciples. Oh God, no! Well, listen, we'll have to we'll have to iron that we'll have to iron that out next time because it, unless you've got anything else, I think we are very nearly wrapped up here. Yeah, we uh, uh, cars on the table uh, when we were organizing this. I was like, surely we can get this uh, knocked out in like an hour. I feel like we're not going to talk about Sonic for too long, and you know, yeah. I was wrong. <laughs> Yeah, no, but listen, it has been a wonderful time, so to, I'll, I'll give you first rights. Uh, where can we find you on the internet, Eddie? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at EddieF419. That's usually where I uh, keep stuff posted. If I write articles or do any creative work and whatnot, you can find me on there. You can also reach out to me. Like, like I, I can write things for you. I can uh, be, if you like me being a, a goofy man on a podcast, uh, I am very open to being a goofy man on a podcast in other settings. And um, yeah. And listen, you've been a wonderful, goofy man to have on this podcast. Uh, I hope it's been a pleasure for you as well, where you can find me, Theodore Monk, on the internet. Uh, you can find me at Four Whole Moons. That's four is in the number spelled out. Whole is in not half. And moons as in what's going to fucking fill the sky blood red during our awesome boss battle <laughs> between Vampire Sonic and actual Dracula, Vlad Tepish. Uh, but... Yeah, no, it has been a spectacular time. I think this has been a successful pod jam. It sure has. And after this uh, one uh, one pod stand, we will never talk again. <laughs> 
Yeah. That, that's how we'll it see. works. <laughs> like, I've had a great time, we, but, like, per the rules of the thing, never speak again. <laughs> You're right. I forgot. Damn, I should have read the fine print. But, hey, our, listen, our we never talk again. And lipstick on the window. <laughs> on the mirror. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, with that, then, thank you very much, Eddie. Uh, you're welcome. Thank you. Uh, what should we do for a sign-off? Do we get the hi-ho? Oh, 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 oh. <laughs>